Podcast, your AEW Weekend Review Podcast with your host, Sean. And I'll make sure you remember me forever. And Ashley. Bang, bang, gang. High rollers keeping the guns up. Good Sunday morning, clotheslanders. How are you doing? Ashley, this is our brand new podcast. This is our Double Clothesline AEW Review. How you doing? I'm doing well, Sean. Uh, this is pretty cool. Thanks for setting this whole thing up. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is your one-stop shop for everything AEW. And before we go to the shows, let's do some AEW news catch-up here. And then I guess we'll go to the most controversial story of the week. It happened pretty much Thursday afternoon as Sean lost Sap. Drop his interview with a fish show. It's about 50, 52 minutes long. And it she talks about her experience in AEW almost like a year ago. Talking about how Dustin Rose, quote, said that all first Canadians kind of suck, unquote. And I think, like, that's one of the big takeaways from this interview. And another thing she was talking about was maybe the girl, some of the girls in the locker room was saying her up to bail for that one match she had. What do you think, Ashley? Um, I think this is a very dicey situation. Um, if Lufisto came in and had a bad experience, she certainly has every right to, you know, speak to her experience and to what happened. I'm not so much okay with her speaking for people and, and not putting the names out there. If you're going to put it out there, just don't be vague about it. You know how it's going to look when it runs. And it's exactly what happened. You know, actually, I watched that interview that Sean Rossap did. And I got a feeling that this falls into that saying that there's three truths. There's her truth. There's the AEW locker room's truth. And somewhere in the middle is the actual truth. And we may never know the actual truth. That's true. Because we're not in the locker room and, and we don't know these people personally. So we're never going to understand how, how they interact with each other. And, you know, you know, understand how well they know each other. Um I, I genuinely hope it's not that bad um, by the sounds of it that, you know, that, that's not how you want any locker room to be. Um, a lot of gossip and talking behind each other's backs and non-communication is not good in a business where your whole your whole job is based on communicating with one another. You know, actually, uh, like you said before we get on here to, to record the podcast, it, I'm kind of torn how to feel about this because I can see both sides of the story. I can see where some people may side with the ladies in the locker room and others may side with Lufisto. I just hope one day we can actually find the total truth here from like a third party who has, which is it, the events in question, and we can get a non-biased perspective of this situation. Yeah, and I mean, uh, apart from the main concern being like the lack of women's division, a, a big cloud over it seems to be this Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa situation which has been going on for a while. It seems to kind of be one of the the main points of this whole thing. I love both of these ladies. I genuinely hope there's no issues between the two of them. I, I know Thunder Rosa has been out with injury for a long time now. Um, we saw her come back on that on that um, Dynamite a couple months back, but we haven't seen her back in the ring yet. Um, genuinely hoping if there is issues, they can they can work this out and and, and get this division united. I think they're both pretty good leaders for, for the locker room, so... I, I think them working it out and being united for the for the entire lady ladies locker room will, would be the best thing for it. Exactly. We'll keep our eyes on this as we go through the summer here on the Double Close Line podcast. Let's go over to our next story. As we learn on Wednesday night during Dynamite, the Elite has signed with AEW 
And Dave Meltzer is reporting it's probably four years more for the Elite and All Elite Wrestling. Ashley, are you happy the guys signed with AEW and not the WWE? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, they they set it themselves. They are the heart, the soul, and the spirit of AEW. So if they would have uh, took a walk, it would have uh, I that would have been a big blow. So I'm glad they were able to. I know there was some speculation on them kind of holding off with the CM Punk situation and stuff like that. So I'm glad everything's worked out. They seem to be past it. You know, actually, I'm happy as well because I feel like you, if you miss this core from All Elite Wrestling, it's a massive blow to that company. That is a major section of your upper mid card main eventers going to your competition. And if you watch the Cody documentary, yes, Triple H called it a secondary promotion, but let's face facts here, ladies and gentlemen, until you reach the WWE's level of success, you are a secondary promotion. They have quite the head start. Another surprise move, one of which I was kind of caught off guard is, Roosh signed with AEW instead of joining his brother over in WWE. As we've seen a couple months ago, Dragon Lee went to WWE, having a pretty good run in NXT at the moment. I was thinking maybe Roosh would come over. But he also signed back with AEW. Yeah, I saw. So he's gonna have Rey Mysterio in his corner. Yeah, I can't wait for this match coming up this week on NXT, where Dragon Lee gets his face off against Dominic Mysterio. That should be a hell of a match. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm super happy. Roosh opted to stay here in AEW. Um, it seems like he got quite the offer, and and is gonna cash in on this contract. So that's that's one of the best things about AEW being around. Um, these guys are gonna make money. So. And Roosh deserves it. So let's let's get him back in. Let's get him and Andrade and maybe either either Drolistico or Preston and get them in the trios division and get them taken on the House of Black. Exactly. And speaking of the House of Black, they had one heck of a match on Collision. And if you hadn't seen the finish of this trios championship match, you might want to check on um, Lee Johnson because I feel like the dude is still knocked out. Dude, House of Black has been absolutely on a tear. That match last weekend with Buddy and Andrade was absolutely amazing. <laughs> was so good. And then they come in and Darius, I think, is just like his brother, kind of showing off what he can do now, you know, with unfortunately Dante being on the shelf. Um, I wish they would kind of give him a little more of a singles run with with this. But him and Andrade, uh, Andretti have been kind of killing it in the tag team. They have some cr- pretty good chemistry. You know, actually, as I was watching Collision last night, this was the one match where I was going like, I'm not sure this should be on the card, but by the end of the match, they really made change my mind because he had this group of Mythic, Mythic Toys and Johnson and Andretti and Darius, and I'm going like, there's no way they can beat the House of Black, but there was spots in this match where they could have possibly won the match, and I feel sorry for uh, Andretti doing that um, three that three sixty onto the back of Brody King to break up the pin because I thought, man, that could have been the finish right there. And then we saw Johnson just get the living daylight speed out of him. Yeah. Oh, and that double knee on Andretti took with uh, with the pop up from Darius, and he came down at Tony and Malachi need him. Oh. Okay, so if you have a chance, go back and check out this match. It's probably going to be one of our highlights for this week in AEW. Just for the simple fact, there's like three different spots where you have to go, oh my freaking word. Very much so. Um, Kind of bringing it back to Dynamite, another match like that was Aussie Open and Commander by Kiko. That match was outstanding. Aussie Open is so freaking good. You know, actually, they're giving FTR a run for the money for best tag team of the year, I think. I, I think you're absolutely right. 
And that could be that match with Commander and his partner. I feel like that could be a sleeper for match of the week. Now, there's two big stories coming out of Dynamite that we need to talk about. First, we got our very first match for All In and Out. And it's a match. It's the match. It's M- it's MJF versus Adam Cole for the AEW World title. Ashley, how do you feel? I'm very excited. I am. This match is going to, this story leading up to this is going to be outstanding. Already, the promo MJF gave leading up to everything was MJF can turn it on at, at, the, at a moment's notice. So good. He's very good at these like heartfelt promos and he has those, obviously a lot of stuff to draw on. Watching Adam Cole come in and, and give him that hug after telling me so proud of him and kind of mime the, the knife in the back while hugging him. I'm so ready for it, but I'm not ready for my heart to be broken because I love it. I know. I feel like a couple of weeks ago, we were talking on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Where we, were like, we were wanting to give them the AEW World titles. Now we're spinning it a different direction. We're heading to all in in London. And Ashley, I got a feeling it's going to be a double turn. I could see it happening. Um, especially with the the stuff with like Robbie and the kingdom kind of popping in afterward. Um, I can definitely see like possibly them helping Adam Cole possibly win, which would be, I think, kind of wild. Um, but I could see Adam Cole winning the title very easily. Um, and I think with the way MJF has been going, he'd absolutely, he could kill a run as a baby face right now. Okay, Ashley. So we saw Adam Cole not read the contract. What is in this contract that he didn't see? Signed it to the chance of read it, <laughs> which he did not. Um, I don't know. I don't know what MJF would have slipped in there. I don't know if maybe he would have consulted with Mark Sterling, his legal counsel, and maybe slipped something in there. Well, let me give you some suggestions because I came up with four possible contract additions that Adam Cole didn't see, and I posted it when Wednesday night during Dynamite. I had option number one. If Adam Cole loses, he can never challenge MJF for the title. Number two, he becomes MJF's personal butler. Number three, Adam Cole must leave AEW. And number four, Max gets the first rematch because they're best friends. I could see like a maybe never challenging again or maybe like a banishment to like one show or something. The butler thing wouldn't be funny though. (laughs) Actually, I thought it would be funny too, but nobody freaking voted for that one. (laughs) <laughs> so the winner of our little vote on the stipulation here was actually the first one never to challenge for the title again and honestly actually that's the one i think might be in this contract if you still want to keep mjf being the dick hill that he is the scumbag yeah because he's our scumbag apparently okay ashley the okay ashley the other story coming out of dynamite is the fact that we have a brand new two-time women's AEW champion and cheetah how happy are we for cheetah getting a victory and having a title win in front of a crowd because this lady literally carried this division on her back during the pandemic era she absolutely did one of the best in marine workers we had at the time and she's killing it this is such a deserved title run it came out of left field but i'll take it you know <laughs> she's gonna kill it uh, um i assume this means you know, plans for All In are going to be Hikaru Shida now taking on somebody where I know they were probably planning on the uh, Jamie Heater, Tony Storm rematch, uh, but with Heater looking like she might be out for the rest of the year, unfortunately. Um, maybe putting the belt on Hikaru Shida, giving us a different direction over the course of this month and setting her up for a big match at Wembley will will work. So 
Yes, unfortunately, it's appearing that Jamie Hayter's injury is more severe than they thought, and her recovery is taking a little bit longer. There's rumors that she may not be ready to come back to action until the beginning of 2024. We want to wish Jamie Hayter all the best in her recovery. Absolutely, I love But Ashley, you let me down to my second poll question from AEW Dynamite. Who's going to be the first person to challenge Cheetah, possibly at all in? And I got four options for you. We get a, re- number one, rematch with Tony Storm. Number two, we get a dream matchup with Soraya. Number three, we get Britt Baker. Now, number four, I said, if you had any other options, just post them. I came up with a interesting concept. We could get Rio from Insane Championship Wrestling, based there in England, have Rio versus Sheeta, champion versus champion. It would be a fun match, but I feel like only the diehards would be knowing who Rio is. Yeah, that. She did, she's not on as often as I would like, you know. I could see possibly them doing a Britt Baker thing. I know that would probably not be ideal for most of the fans, but they do love Britt Baker. Baker too, I'm not going to lie. I hope Thunder Rosa maybe could return before then or like then. Maybe that could be a match that could work. I don't know. I want to get her in a in like a long-term program with somebody too, you know. I don't want just... She deserves the TV time for sure. So I want to see her in a storyline on TV consistently defending the belt and and get her in a program with something leading the well. Okay, so the winner of our little poll from Wednesday night was actually the second choice, Soraya. And I feel like Soraya versus Sheeta at All In, yes, it's a one-off, but it would be a fun one-off match. Yeah, but they kind of have some history with the outcast stuff and like Sheeta, uh, you know, taking on the outcast and stuff. So I could see maybe either Soraya or Ruby take. I don't know if Tony would get the instant rematch so quick, but I could see one of the other outcasts take challenging her. And you know, Ashley, like you said, there's a point in this match where Tony Storm gets the can of spray paint and she sprays the paint into the eyes of Sheeta. And I'm going, oh no, here we go again. We're going to have the outcast finish to this match. This is get a victory for Tony, keeping Sheeta strong and seeing the. Fans home, not as happy, but not upset because she didn't win. I'm just happy they didn't go down that road. Yeah, no, that was a, a nice surprise for the uh, 200th episode of Dynamite. Have finally Hikaru Shida getting a, a chance to be a champion in front of everybody. Well, you know, the 200th episode of AEW Dynamite was pretty freaking awesome. It started off with one hell of a tag team match as we saw Chris Jericho and Tatesha face off against Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Ashley, this finish came out of left field a little bit, and it's Chris Jericho bonding with one Don Callis, because Don Callis nails Daniel Garcia with the baseball bat, and Jericho kind of paused for maybe 1.5 seconds, and he took the win. Yeah, I I love this. Um, We, we saw there's going to be the mandatory meeting next week for the entire Jericho Appreciation Society. I feel like uh, it has come to an end, and I feel like Jericho's going to be joining Callis here. He, uh, like you said, he jumped on the opportunity there after kind of dropping the F-bomb <laughs> on TV there because that didn't get caught by the censor in time. Um, but he took the win and Jericho and Sammy both knew what happened and, and looked pretty upset at the end. And Daddy Magic was a little, yo, too. You know, I feel like maybe Daddy Magic might be the next leader of this group if they stay together after they boot Jericho to the curb. I could see it. I love him. So <laughs> I want him to have more mic time. Um, he has, he can kill it with the serious promos. He's funny. So I'd love to see him have a little bit more of a prominent position, maybe leading this this faction that, you know, is kind of uh, heelish and 
takes L's but makes everybody look good while doing so. Exactly. Actually, let's move over to Rampage as we got one hell of a parking lot brawl match between the best friends and Claudio Casanoe and John Moxley until we freaking get where you to popping out of the trunk with a screwdriver and going to town on poor Chuck Taylor. Yeah. Ah, uh, Chuck Taylor siphoned gas. <laughs> this one's wild. Brutal. I mean, Claudio ripped the door off a van. <laughs> okay, so if you didn't see this, Sue drives the minivan in for the save. We see Orange Cassidy take a dive off the top of the van. And then here comes the hills. They surround Sue. They let Sue run for the hills, which I was happy about. They didn't touch her. But I'm pretty sure Sue's going to get a new car out of this because they basically destroyed this car. Yeah, kind of like uh, Proud and Powerful did a few years ago. They uh, they took their rage out on the van there for a minute, especially after the match. Um, this was brutal. <laughs> both, both of these have been wild with going through windshield. Oh, that bump on that Claudio took on the guardrail sitting on the car doors that were open looked really rough um i love the best friends i think they're so like underrated um they every time they're given the opportunity they just kill it when they're out there and i think they worked well with bcc and now we got bcc versus the lucha brothers coming up this week so that's gonna be violent yes actually it's gonna be violent here's my question for you though do we really need to parking lot brawl matches inside of the week i even know it's going to be really really good with the lucha bros versus Motsley and casanoli i mean like great match but do we need another one i mean maybe not so quickly but <clears throat> i'll take it for now i mean i can see it. I, i'm it could be a nitpick on my part just for me being more of a purist wrestling fan but i'm probably gonna watch it i'm probably gonna enjoy it we'll probably talk about it next week on the show yes <laughs> okay the other shocking thing that came out of Rampage is a victory by Anna J over the rising star that is Sky Blue. And it took a little help from Daddy Magic. And here's Dum Dum Babyface. The thing I hate about AEW sometimes, sometimes they always make their babyface look like an idiot. But she, Sky Blue gets distracted and Anna J gets her Queen Slayer in. And now she's facing, facing Sheeta this week on Databike for the title. Yeah, yeah. I saw her promo. I understand what you mean about the baby faces. We do see this from time to time where like they know the heel is going to have backup and they just come out by themselves kind of thing. It would be nice to see, you know, a little bit of uh, common sense here on, on the baby face part. It's nice to see Anna J get a win. We don't get to see too much of her. We don't get to see too much of her, though. So again, it's tough when they just come in and like Sky Blue has been on a roll lately. So have Anna J just come in and get the win was a little jarring. But Anna J and Hikaru Shida have a little bit of history. They've had a couple of matches in the past, so we kind of see how far Anna J has come by measuring up against Hikaru Shida. Exactly. Actually, I'm looking forward to it because I am an Anna J fan since the beginning. We'll see if she can hang with Shida. I doubt she's going to get the victory, but I might change my mind by Wednesday night. We'll have to see. Now, let's get to Collision because last night on Collision, it was a championship Saturday night because we had the tag team titles on the line. We had a trio titles on the line. We had a TBS title on the line. And we had the real world championship defended as we saw CM Punk versus Ricky starts with special enforcer Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Where do you want to start, Ashley? Uh, I guess we need to start off with the tag team title match. Um, So Big Bill and Brian Cage and FTR. I love this tag team of Big Bill and Brian Cage. And I hope we keep them together. They need to stay together. This is a fun hill tag team. Yeah, it's very rare to have a two big guy tag team in AEW, so that's good. 
And the moment that Dax tried to get Bay Bill up for for I'm guessing the part of the shatter machine, and I'm going like, there's no way. Big Bill is, I'm loving it. Dancing around while he's he dropping elbows and stuff. I'm into it. I like the cockiness. I love him being paired with Brian Cage. Brian Cage seems to be a little more kind of like coming out of like, you know, like kind of the promo, <laughs> this uh, beginning of Collision and stuff like that. It's not a lot we get to see from Brian Cage too much in the uh, promo department. So it was nice to see him kind of get some words in and have some charisma going and looking good so him and big bill i think could work keep them together and my word the dive that brian cage took over the top rope this dude should not do this this guy defies physics yeah it's insane i was not expecting that <laughs> and there's a few spots in this match where i felt like big bill and cage had a chance to win these titles so it wasn't like oh hey here's fdr the third week in a row defend your titles and the challengers are not worthy to win the titles. This is a legitimate challenge to FTR. And the ending comes where basically Cage gets bumped into the corner, turns around into the shadow machine, and the babyface tag team wins in her hometown. And we can't forget that Cass's mom was in the crowd and she got to smack the taste out of Big Bill's mouth. That was, that was nice to see uh, Cash's mom out in the crowd. I think that might have been Dax's daughter in the front row, too. It looked like he went over and, and, hugged, uh, and hugged someone, and I think it might have been his daughter. So that's nice. Everyone's, everyone's family out there in the home state. You know, it was a fun start to Collision. It just got everybody in that crowd hot, and that Greens, Greensville, South Carolina crowd was amazing. They were just hot from the beginning to the end of the show. Oh, yeah, and they were especially excited after that matchup when FCR got on the microphones and called out the Young Bucks for All In. And there's our next announcement for a puzzle match at All In. We can get the third installment of Young Bucks versus FTR for the AEW titles. Ashley, how excited were you for you? Were you ready to hand over money to Tony? Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready for this. The first two matches have been nuts, so I can't wait to see where we go, what we're doing with this. Who's going to win? Genuinely not sure right now. <laughs> you know, actually what surprised me next was the fact that the TBS title was the next match on the card as we see Mercedes Martinez versus Chris Statler in a dang good match with one hell of a suplex. Yeah, oh my God, that spot. Oh, Chris landed right on the like, upper back. That looked hurt. And the whole time I'm thinking about this match, actually, I'm like, they put this right behind FTR's title defense. This crowd, still hot, yes. This could have been a possible death spot for a match, but these two ladies put in the work, kept this crowd going, and it was a nice victory for Chris, Scat Chris Stacklander. And then we see Diamante come down to the ring. We think she's going to keep Martinez off from Stacklander. Nope. She joins up. The Hills beat down the champion. And here comes out everybody's favorite babyface of AEW, Little Nightingale. She makes a save. And next week on Collision, we get the tag match. I'm very excited for Chris that um, being out for so long didn't deter her her reaction from the fans. Everybody is still very into her. Sometimes when people come back after a long time, they kind of lose the the heat they had coming in, like especially because Chris was so hot. Um, but she's coming. She's been killing it. Um, this match with Mercedes was really good. And exactly kind of what they needed in the women's division right now. Um the tag match is going to be even better, I think, with Willow and Diamante. It's nice to see Diamante getting some TV time. Uh, she's usually on, on Ring of Honor, um, and she was a lot on Elevation and 
stuff like that. But to see Vegas on TV time is very nice. And I think this tag team of Martinez and Diamante could really work because it seemed like they were kind of talking about teaming up at, outside the ring there. So like, I'm into that. Get ladies on TV like that. You know, Ashley, a week after we saw the sign in the crowd saying, book the AEW win division better, we got to say, they had two hell of matches this week. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little it's a little weird when you watch like Ring of Honor and then you watch like AEW, obviously both booked by Tony Khan. The differences are kind of like night and day in the women's division in both brands. Um, to finally see them kind of book it like this. All right, we can do this. Let's get that's an easy way to get four women on the show. A tag team match, like, you know? Exactly. And I love this division that is being built on collision if this is the collision version of the women's division it's going to be the best women's division in professional wrestling yeah chris and willow Nightingale are are very good and i love this team they've been kind of teaming up here and there over the over the course of the past couple of months so i'm i'm into it mercedes has come in and had two really good matches in the past few weeks so keep her on let's go Let's, let's get these ladies on collision. Let's see this tag match next week. Exactly. And like you said, I'm so happy for Kiss Chris Stacklander because she was gone for so long. And plus that, she's really changed her character up. Before we saw her leave, she was more playing the alien character. This is a more like kick-ass babyface version of Chris Stacklander. I'm all here for it because, I mean, she's just a badass. Yeah, she's so awesome. Uh, I don't know if you saw the belt from Creative Pro where she trained. They have a new women's belt and she's on the side ladies. That's cool. Hey, one thing I forget from the Rampage was the interview that they did with Chris Statler as she's basically bitch pressing Renee. And I'm going like, this is gold. This is comedy gold here from your women's champion. And she's just like up and down doing the press as she's telling uh, Martinez that, hey, come Saturday, mommy's coming home. And I thought, man, this is a cool promo. I love Renee just going along with that, just asking her questions. Walton. <laughs> what a professional. <laughs> exactly. You're just out there. What can you do, Ashley? I mean, like we just saw on Saturday night that Tony got stormed by the Bull Cup Gold and basically joined a third faction, maybe not by his own free will, but he's a part of the third faction now. He's <laughs> throwing up the guns with the Bullet Club, doing the scissors with the acclaimed. He's always doing something. He was all over the show for tonight. Okay, so we had probably the shortest match in the history of professional wrestling on this card. As we saw the ROH TV champion, the, as he would say, the king of all media, Samoa Joe, have a match with Serpentito. And actually, I tweeted at you. I'm going like, I hope Serpentito didn't get paid by the minute because dude wouldn't make no money. We would have made about four pennies. I think that match was about four seconds. It was like one hit and three, one, two, three. <laughs> I love him. He's he's one of my favorite, like, you know, like enhancement talent. Um, but Samoa Joe, that I you know, the point of that was more for the for the aftermath of Samoa Joe on the mic. So Exactly, Ashley, because if FDR versus Yumbut three didn't get you more excited for all in, allow me to introduce the next match that um, Samoa Joe kinda gave us, maybe. Samoa Joe versus CM Punk. Okay, Tony, here's my money. Just run with it now. I'm good. I don't need know anything else about this card. I'm buying it right now. Do they put the titles on the line or either title? It would be interesting if they would do like title versus title. That would be interesting. I think CM Punk will have this title until probably All Out because they're in Chicago for All Out a week later. And honestly, I feel like that's where you'll see MGF versus CM Punk title unification. 
Yeah, because we're going to have to figure out something because it's kind of a little weird to have CM Punk running around calling his title the real world title and the world champion not coming out to address it. So I understand he's in his own storyline, but either way, we got to get from point A to point B. Exactly, Ashley. That's the one thing that was lacking from MJ's promo from Dynamite. I would just wanted him to drop like maybe a sentence or two. He could still keep his baby face persona going and going like, guys, there's a dude on Saturday night saying he's the champion, but I got the belt right here. Just something like that, you know? Maybe he could continue with the promo. Yeah, something like that would have helped, I think. Because it's a little weird, like I said, to just have him calling it the real world's title and, and it really not being addressed. Um... I don't know if it gets addressed before All In or if we wait till post All In to see where the belt lays after All In. So many questions, but you know what? We have a brand new podcast, so we can answer these each and every week. So, Ashley, let's go ahead and we'll slide over to the trios match. I think we talked about this a little bit already. We saw the House of Bi successfully retain these titles, and next week on Collision, we get FDR, CM Punk, Versus the House of Black. How excited are you for this match? I'm ready for this match. It was kind of a smart play by the by the young guys to, to get Julia Hart banned from ringside as their stipulation. But uh, it didn't quite matter. Um, so to see them kind of have more of a, a threat and more of a more of a, a credible challenge to their titles, I think right now is good. And I'm still kind of hoping for LFI to come take those titles. Okay, Ashley, how do you feel about the House of Black rules match? Do you like the concept? Is it something that's working or should they just go ahead and just get rid of it? I don't mind it. I'm kind of glad they... I don't know how I felt about the lighting situation, but it seems they've they've stopped that one. I do like I do like getting the pick a stipulation. It hasn't been over the top or anything yet, so I'm okay with it. I like the... You know, like, that was smart. Banning Julia Hart for ringside. That was, that was good, even though it didn't help in the end, but... I mean, it was a smart move, but boy, that just made the Babyface trio look like hills because that crowd was just booing the hell out of them. Yeah, Julia has gotten very over with the House of Black. That's a very good thing to see because it's quite a quite a 180 from the character she uh, portrayed coming in. Okay, if you haven't seen this, go look for this clip. It's a interview segment with Christian Cage. He's fully invested in the fact that he's the TNT champion. He won the belt. He's there with his daughter. His daughter turns to him, can I have the belt? He looks down at her. Did he win this belt? No, you didn't win this belt. Only the person that won this title can touch it. And I'm the only one that can touch it. Then he sends her off. She goes off camera. He turns to face off camera, tells security that that little child doesn't have credentials to kick her out of building. Me rolling. Christian is so good. And the whole time, Lucasaurus is just standing back behind like stone face that's looking at the camera. And I'm going like, this is going to lead to eventually where Rishasaurus has to lose his mind and beat the holy heck out of Christian. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And then that looks like that's leading up. That was a promo leading up to Darby Allen's going to be taking on Luchasaurus. So, so it's kind of a weird match for all, all in all day, but I think Darby's going to get that big win. Exactly. I feel like Darby might get this title off of Christian or I'm sorry, off of Luchasaurus because Luchasaurus is actually a champion. <laughs> okay, so we're up to the main event and I'm probably the most excited person here on the podcast about this main event. For one fact, we get to see Ricky the Dragon Steamboat be the special guest referee. And actually, no, I didn't get my Steamboat arm drag, but this was a fun match for a 
main event on Collision. And I love the fact that they give him time to wrestle on Collision for a main event. Yeah. Yeah, it was so good to see Steamboat. He looks fantastic. Okay, this match starts off really slowly where both gentlemen are mocking each other's kind of taunts and stuff as we see Sam Punk get up on the corner and do the Ricky Starks pose. Then we see Starks return to favor with the X. This match gets to a chop fest where they were chopping each other pretty good. They go outside of the ring and we have the first interaction between Steamboat and anybody as CM Punk is laying in the elbows onto Ricky Starks and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat gave him a four count. He's like, do get back in the ring and he pulls him off and at that moment I thought, is CM Punk going to knock Steamboat out? He doesn't do it. They go back in the ring. We have the match and Ricky Starks had a few moments to win this match but yet again, we see a ref bump. We see Ricky starts try to cheat yet again for like the third week in a row. This time he puts both blades on the ropes trying to pin CM Punk. And Ricky the Dragon Steamboat pushes him off. Ricky starts turn around go like, do what you're doing. And gets rolled up and Dragon counts one, two, three. CM Punk retains the title and we get a white hot. Ricky starts he'll turn right here right now. Yeah, kind of beat, beat up Steamboat there and whipped him with his with his belt <laughs> punk was out on the outside um collecting himself ricky gets uh steamboat down beats up a, a 70 year old man like he <laughs> and uh punk jumps back in the ring uh fights him off ricky takes off and then tries to come back down and steam punk takes him off with the chair tosses the, the chair at him that was pretty funny it was that chair toss i mean that was pretty dang good on CM Punk's part because I had to travel a good probably 10 to 15 feet and I think it did I think it did touch Ricky Starks as he was leaving. Yeah it looked like it caught the back of his leg I guess. But we get to see CM Punk run back down the ring they help Ricky to drag CM Punk up and we go off the air with Steamboat's music playing and him selling the after effects of a whipping from Ricky Starks. Overall Yet another great episode of Collision. Yeah, and it was very good to see JR back. Exactly, Ashley. Can we have JR, Nigel, and Rick and Body every week now, please and thank you? I really like Rick and Bonnie. I know this is not his uh, permanent position here on Collision, but I think he's been fantastic while filling in for Kevin Kelly. Yes, I mean, like, I know eventually Kev Kevin Kelly's going to come back after the G1 tournament. Rick and Body's going to go back to doing ROH only, probably. But I got a feeling, can we slide Kevin Kelly over to Dynamite and let Shivani just do the interviews in the ring and let Kevin Kelly call that was a scabbler so we can keep my three-man team on collision? I wouldn't be opposed to that. Okay, Ashley, so out of all the matches this week on AWTV, what was your favorite? I think I might go with Aussie Open versus Commander versus and Vikingo or the parking lot brawl from Rampage. Okay, two excellent choices. I can see why you like both of those. I mean, Aussie Open is probably one of the best young tag teams going today. And that par parking lot brawl was so freaking violent and good. And like you said, best friends, they are that baby face team. They're like a modern day rock and roll express. They can get the living heck be out of them. And the next week, the fans don't lose any interest in them. They're still as hot as ever. Okay, so my match of the week, I'm going back to Dynamite. I'm going to Tony Storm versus Sheeta for the fact that Sheeta got that victory. That was a match where you could see that that title win meant something to Sheeta. She was in tears when she got that title in front of people. And it was such a great moment. And I would just wish some things didn't happen after that. It was outside the ring. So she could have this whole week surveying this thing. But that was my favorite match for this week. Was Sheeta getting her title victory to be a two-time champion. Absolutely. I'm hoping 
<laughs> through all the, you know, this online stuff. She can come in next week and have a great match with Anna Jenny next week and show exactly everyone, you know, show everyone exactly why she's now the AEW Women's Champion. And hopefully maybe post-match we get a little building to kind of give us a hint to who she's going to be taking on at all. Exactly. And we're going to leave you right there on our premiere episode of Double Clothesline, your new favorite AEW Weekend Review show. You can follow us on Twitter at DB Clothesline. It's just that simple. DB Clothesline, head us up. We're always live tweeting any AEW show until next Sunday. Ashley, it's been a great week. Wishing you all the best and watch out for that double clothesline. Thanks, Sean.